I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, April 6th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in about seven minutes. I just thought to myself, Jay, it's pretty impressive that we haven't messed up that date. I have no, it's not that we haven't messed up the date. It's that we haven't messed up the date in a finished product that has gone out to a podcast. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, look, I, what I wanted to talk about at the intro here is there's a company called Fast. And basically, if you're familiar with Shop Pay, what it does is allows you to do one click checkout, yeah. but it's not for Shopify sites. So for everybody else, it's for, you know, if you use WooCommerce or, you know, Salesforce e-commerce platform, you can do this one click payment and they raised a ton of money. They raised over $100 million, including from Stripe, one of the biggest fintech companies in the world. And they had the CEO, this Australian guy who is like outgoing and always like making hype videos about the company. Anyways, today, bust, bankrupt, out of business, couldn't find a buyer, made no, made barely any money, hired hundreds of people. So, you know, one, it's obviously very sad to see people losing their jobs. But two, it's another case of this Icarus story of founders flying too close to the sun. I like it. I mean, I don't like it. I like it as the plot of a movie or a Netflix series is what I like about it. Well, and, you know, there's example after example after example of this now. You've got, you know, my alma mater, Uber, with Travis Kalanick. You've got WeWork with Adam Newman. You've got Theranos. And then this is just in line with all of those. It's crazy how it's just such a repeatable story. Although, to be fair to, I think his name's Dom, he didn't commit a crime. He just, you know, he just kind of messed up. Got it. Well, it is a good story, and it definitely will make a good series on Netflix, Apple Plus, or Amazon. So we will wait for the we'll wait for the long form version of the story. But aside from that, Brett, what do we have for Peak Pals today? Well, for our first story, temporary workers. For our second story, space internet, and for our third story, Phoenix. For our first story, Canada's federal employment minister has announced changes to a temporary foreign worker program that will increase the number of TFWs allowed into Canada. Brett, unpack for the Peak Pals what this all means. Well, here's some context. So Canada's current unemployment rate is close to record lows, and both low and high paying sectors are facing serious worker shortages. Retail, for instance, had over 100,000 open positions at the end of 2021. Now, at that time, employers nationwide were recruiting for an almost 1 million positions, 80% more than two years ago, according to Statistics Canada. While TFWs, these temporary foreign workers, make up just 0.4% of Canada's labor force, the government hopes the flow of workers may alleviate some pressure for labor in the short term. Now, to break down what these new rules mean, as part of a broader set of changes to immigration rules, TFWs can now make up to 30% of an employer's total workforce, up from 10%, in sectors most strapped for labor, and many workers will see their temporary visas extended. This is all according to a story in the Global Mail. But critics of the program have said it is overused by companies looking to drive down labor costs and allows employers to exploit workers, particularly in farming. And according to the government, most TFWs end up working in farming. 5,000 workers have arrived in Ontario for growing season, 18,000 more than expected. You can see them, actually. If you drive in rural Ontario, you can just see these temporary foreign workers on strawberry farms and blueberry farms. And there are a lot of problems with it. Now, in terms of what to watch, Jay. Well, technology leaders in particular have also called for loosening immigration rules for high-skilled workers as their fight for talent against Silicon Valley giants continues. We've covered that a lot here on the pod. Few foreign high-skilled workers will be affected by the TFW announcement. Around 100,000 get entry into Canada every year, mostly through a merit-based point system. So we'll see how this all unfolds. For our second story, Amazon is going head-to-head with SpaceX in the satellite internet service arena by securing 83 planned rocket launches that would bring satellites into low-Earth orbit and establish a new satellite internet service called 
Kuiper, terrible name, uh, K-U-I-P-E-R, uh, very spacey. Jay, what's going on up there? Well, there is some background. Internet via satellite has been commercially available since 2003, with its biggest selling point always being that it allows for rural populations underserved by traditional modes of internet services like cable and DSL to have a more reliable, faster option. Unfortunately, here's the but, this reliability usually comes with a massive price tag and actually slower speeds. Now, SpaceX launched Starlink in 2019 with the goal of solving this problem by using low-orbiting satellites equipped with super-fast, low-latency lasers to transport data. Now, it's launched in Canada. It's actually been a huge hit. I I actually know people myself who live in rural Canada who now have high-speed internet where they didn't have before because of SpaceX. And it's actually inspired a bunch of new companies to follow their lead, like Canada's own Telesat, looking for their own ways to make satellite internet faster. Amazon believes that they have also cracked the speed issue by developing new high-tech antennas to say that their prototypes are already delivering higher than average internet speed. Even so, Amazon has some catching up to do if it wants to compete with SpaceX, which has already deployed almost 1,500 satellites into orbit and has over 250,000 subscribers. And Amazon's number for both of these stats is actually zero. So they have a ways to go. But really, what you want to know is why the new satellite internet matters. And Brett, you are going to tell us. Yeah, well, like I said before, Canada is currently facing a digital divide with only 53% of rural Canadians having access to high-speed internet. Now, Amazon could be one of the winners that help bring satellite service capable of high speeds to rural populations. Dave Limp, Senior Vice President at Amazon for Devices and Services, told the Washington Post, by the way, also owned by Jeff Bezos, uh, (laughs) that there can be more than one satellite broadband winner as there are so many underserved areas that need service. So anyways, what this could mean is that there's a bunch of people in Canada who don't have high-speed internet that could get high-speed internet very soon. It's exciting. And for our final story, the Canadian government has spent over $650 million over the past 11 years on an IBM payroll system for federal employees. That, much like a kid who's been given too much money, he hates working but loves acting up. This is all in a story in the Global Mail, but we've been following it. And most Canadians have been following this for some time. The the news about this money pitch, also known as Phoenix, comes just in time, by the way, for tomorrow's federal budget announcement, which is Not exactly the look you want when rallying the nation to balance its books. This is a big L for the federal government, in my opinion. Jay, how did this happen? Good question. Well, since launching in 2016, Phoenix has been an unmitigated disaster. But how bad could it possibly be? Well, I'm about to tell you, Brett. A 2017 Auditor General's report found that at times. This is unbelievable. More than 50% of public servants were dealing with errors in their pay due to the system malfunctioning a number that has only slightly decreased as of 2021. In 2020, one branch of the Canadian Union of Pacific Employees said Phoenix was destroying people's lives and that forcing more employees to adopt it was like unconscionable and irresponsible. That's not a ringing endorsement, Brett, is it? Well, it's terrible. People were just not getting paid for weeks and like they have to pay mortgages and feed their families. Anyways, the original contract the Fed signed with IBM to work on the system was worth $5.8 million, which has since been amended and extended 50 times. The most recent extension paid out an additional $106 million to IBM to continue to tweak the broken system. It's called failing upwards. But there is an end in sight. Though IBM's contract was extended, Phoenix time could be coming to an end after the government signed a contract with Ceridian to run a pilot project using its cloud-based software platform, Dayforce, as a potential replacement for Phoenix. Now, Jay, why does this all matter? Well, the Public Service Alliance of Canada, which is the largest union of federal employees, is hoping that the new budget sets aside money for the 141,000 employees who have still not been properly paid due to Phoenix's errors. 
Canadians should be hoping to see money that could go to other, perhaps more productive causes rather than funneled into a phoenix that refuses to rise from the ashes. Yeah, you like that one, Jay? I do. It's very good. <laughs> Pete Fowles, thanks for making us the most listened to. And only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together all of this. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. Have a good Wednesday, Brett. Yep, you too, Jeb.